With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today on the Callahan Podcast, we say goodbye to El Rushbo, and we look at some of the uh, some of the haters. That's how you know he had a hell of a run and he had a hell of an impact. Is uh, there are people out there who can't let him rest in peace? They got to kick him one more time as he says farewell. We'll uh, go through some and go through some of those uh, some of those haters and tell you uh, how much of an impact Rush had on me how much he meant to me uh, in his 30 years. We'll talk about his uh, brief ESPN appearance and how uh, that was the precursor of things to come. That's when the mob started forming and coming after people and making up lies about people and trying to bring down the people they disagreed with. They didn't succeed. The most dangerous man in America was on the air right up to the month he died. We will salute El Rushbo and we will hear from Turtle Boy. He's uh, going through some struggles and we'll get an update from turtle boy and Tom Brady uh, put out a video and he said, just, I love talk radio. It's nice to hear. Nice to hear that Tom Brady loves talk radio. We will play you some of that from TB 12 on today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they can help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term, the payment that fits into your budget, get out of that high-rate loan, and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Colin, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. You know, I heard a lot of people, a lot of people on my side of the street who liked Rush Limbaugh, listened to Rush Limbaugh, who are going to miss Rush Limbaugh, say, you know, I don't even want to uh, uh, pay attention to the uh, haters. I don't even want to listen to them. I don't want to read it. Let's just ignore the haters. And to me, you know, that's that's you're missing half the fun. I think it is the best tribute to, to Limbaugh that these people despise him so much, want to see him rotten hell, lie about him, uh, you know, pretend he was something he was not, and they obviously they're glad he's gone and, and they can't hide it. I mean, that, that to me says a lot more about the guy than with, they say, you know, 
my mother said you can't say something nice about someone. Don't say anything at all and pretend they uh, did not despise them. I would like to think, you know, there are people out there when I die who will say good riddance to him. <laughs> you know, we hate him. We're glad he's dead. Isn't that what you want? If you're true to yourself, if you're honest, if you're not a sellout, and we'll get to Howie Hamptons, we'll get to Howard Stern uh, at some point. But Rush Limbaugh wouldn't want all these networks. He wouldn't want the people on CNN and he wouldn't want Democrats saying, you know, he wasn't such a bad guy. If, if, if he were writing his obit, he would want that hate. He would want that, 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 that vitriol as part of his, uh, that his farewell, his obituary. Would he not? Of Don't course. He, I mean, like when you and I die, you think people aren't going to be dancing on our grave? The Boston Globe will probably include the part about me being, uh, you know, a successful sports writer for uh, twenty years. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, being a good uh, family guy or doing charity work. I mean, it will be like, and and there's some great headlines. I don't know if you saw them all, but the Washington Post, not only and the New York Times, there was a bunch of people tweeting, were much kinder to Salamini, the uh, the terrorist, the austere, austere religious scholar. Religious, not only that. But they went through others historically. Stalin <laughs> they had a better, they had a better op- obit, at least a better ho- headline for Stalin than they did for Rush Limbaugh, as well as you know, you name it. Uh, among you know, uh, um, Osama bin Laden, you know, the world, the world's leading terrorists got a more, um, got a kinder and gentler farewell from the New York Times and the Washington Post. But if you're Rush Limbaugh, if you're a Rush Limbaugh fan. That's what you want. You know he was under their skin to the end. You know they hated him, and I'll tell you why they hated him. I I, I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts on this turtle boy. I'll ask you first of all, though. I know you listened to him. I know you liked him. Uh, you're much younger than I am. Did you did you grow up? Are you a Rush baby? Did you grow up listening to Rush? Well, he- my mother was. So that's all we heard in the car on the way to different places you know getting picked up from school it was rush rush was on all the time and uh i mean back, that was back in the clinton years that's like what i right. used to listen to a lot he used to play the parody song all your money i will take from you the beatles song they, all that's right. all i remember about it so i hear about you know rush is dying and all these people whining about oh he's so bad he's so bad i grew up like my mother she's like the most harmless person in the world she grew up listening to this how bad could rush possibly be he, he was he, he wasn't bad he wasn't that bad he was very effective in his, you know how it works. If, if he were just this benign, you know, talk show host who, you know, didn't necessarily support Democrats and didn't have a real impact, they wouldn't care, but he was very effective and he drove them nuts. So they made him out to be something he wasn't, you know, a racist and a bigot and a homophobe and a xenophobe and every other kind of phobe. He was way ahead of his time, by the way, because and we can get to this, too, because the mob, the woke mob, before we knew what the woke mob was, before there was even email and, and texts and and the way they attack now, they went after him. They went after his advertisers. Oh, I can I can read one for you right now because I worked for a company that was spending a lot of money on radio. And, and they, this is 2013. I got an email saying, hello, I'm concerned about the radio ad you are running on the Rush Limbaugh show. Placing ads and it did the whole thing that you know. You know what they sent. I got that every day for a minimum of sixty days until you know. Until I mean, I to be honest, I'm a hypocrite because I defend you know your take on what happened to you and all this stuff. Back then, I didn't care about Rush Limbaugh's show. I didn't care, so I was just like, just pull it. I don't want these emails anymore. You're you're the problem. That's what. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. People pull it and they don't even know. Most of the people criticizing Rush, by the way, yesterday, never really listened to him. You know, that's generally how it works. They didn't really listen to him. They didn't know what a happy warrior he was. You know, he was upbeat, laughing, joking, always optimistic. They hate that. You know, I, I, I not everybody on the right is is as as upbeat and as optimistic as rush was and they pretend like he's some dour hater and he and it wasn't like that at all but i understand why they say it because they didn't listen but i'll tell you what drove them the craziest what made them hate him more even in the end even when he was not as relevant he was kind of uh, winding down he was sick he was taking a lot of time off there was a lot of other voices for a while he was the only voice and turtle boy's right your your mother had never heard anything like that. Uh, you know, there was, and I tweeted this. My first tweet was growing up here, like you did, growing up in Kennedy country, going to Massachusetts public schools, going to UMass Amherst, working in journalism in newspapers and magazines. There was not a lot of voices like Russia's in my life. I mean, my, my, my father was a conservative, but he wasn't a firebrand and he was a his younger days, he was obviously a Kennedy Democrat, a JFK Democrat, didn't you know see the light till you know Reagan. And but he wasn't like Rush. He wasn't you know pounding the desk and making you know proclamations and 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 out there uh, you know preaching the way Rush was. And it was something you'd never heard before. You heard plenty of people on the radio talk politics, but no one did it with with humor. And just with this unrelenting energy, when you think about what he did, it was three hours a day, five days a week, not a lot of guests, calls, of course, but not a lot of I mean, bits and stuff. But it may, basically, it was him off the cuff. I know he did a lot of prep, but it was him off the cuff, out of his own head, uh, on top of his all day, every day. And then he did a TV show. He did a Limbaugh letter, a newsletter, which was excellent. I used to subscribe to it where he'd write long essays and write they had a section of the uh, newsletter it was just called stupid quotes. And it was just all liberals quotes with funny pictures. And invariably it was Kennedy's and, you know, Clinton's and Barney Frank was in there and it was worth the price of the newsletter, just a list of stupid quotes. That was my, I get it in the mail and I just open it up to stupid quotes and laugh. There was no one else like him. And what drives liberals the craziest is they never found their own rush. They tried. They wanted to. Air America. Air America. Air America. They had a whole station to counter-program rush, and it failed miserably. I know that's where Rachel Maddow started and other liberals, but it just failed miserably because they can't do it. There was a point where they tried to get Mario Cuomo to be their rush. He was going to do a syndicated show three hours a day. He couldn't do it, and Alan Dershowitz. They tried Alan Dershowitz. He was nationally syndicated, I believe, on Sunday night. The plan was to expand, go against Rush. Couldn't do it. As smart as Dershowitz was, they didn't realize, they didn't understand how hard it was. And they don't have the ideas. As we know, liberals have emotion. That's how they operate. It's no better example than, you know, our president and vice president now. Rush had ideas. I mean, he could make he had his opinions and he could back them up and he could talk all day about what he believed in and liberals never to this day, they don't have an answer to that. Name one really successful liberal talk show host. You can Rachel Maddow. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the difference is in radio, she's like, on TV, 45 minutes, 40 minutes a day. That's it. Well, to make it work, I think Rush she's had, successful now. 
She's I'm talking about radio talk show hosts. Radio, yeah. How that's my, I never really understood that. How do, how are we just allowed to own that one aspect of the media? That's all they gave us. Radio talk shows, building an audience. Yeah. You know something about that. Radio. He Rush was able to build an audience on his own that advertisers became attracted to. Cable, cable. We give way too much credit to the Joe Scarboroughs of the world and the Rachel Maddows of the world who go on cable television that we all subsidize without even fucking knowing it. They don't get numbers. Rush Limbaugh on his radio show every day probably doubled up every nightly news show. Probably. It's true. And, and you, you think about the impact he had. And I know they wanted him to go morning drive or afternoon drive, and he just stayed in the middle. 12 to 3, comfortable. And talk about a great life. He was ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. He moved to Florida 20 years ago from New York to avoid t- taxes. And I heard uh, Ron DeSantis say this last night. He goes, think of what he saved. New York state tax, uh, city tax, state tax is what? 10%. The guy makes 50 million a year. <laughs> he has saved tens of millions of dollars by moving to Florida. He had a $50 million house on the coast in Palm Beach. Now everyone's doing it to avoid taxes, but he did it a long time ago. And he just stayed in the middle. And th- the reason he had such big numbers is because you could listen at work. Truck drivers could listen at work, construction people put the radio out, you know, on the roof when they're putting a roof in. I tell my story when he first came, it was syndicated. It was 88. I'm not sure when he first came to Boston to RKO, but about that time, I think it was around 1990. I was, uh, uh, down at Foxborough to do a story on the Patriots. I forget exactly the angle, but the Patriots were terrible. Uh, I think Rod Rutsch was the coach. It might've been that one rust year. And I went in and I asked someone, is Fred, I was t- going to do a story on Fred Smurlis, legendary Buffalo Bill, home, came home to finish his career with the Patriots. I, sh- I should, we should talk to Smurlis, see if he remembers this. But uh, so I go in, I said, he's outside, he's out in the parking lot. I'm like, parking lot, yeah, he's out, he's, you know, he's out there. So I go out in the parking lot and there's a pickup truck with a bunch of Patriots, like, I don't know, five or six players, including Smurlis, and they're just sitting around the truck with the radio crank to rush and they're just listening to rush and they're laughing and they're talking about what rush is talking about. And that's the kind of impact he had on people because they were conservative. God knows Smurlis is a, is a crazy right winger and they'd never heard anything like it. You know, they said, this is, this is what I, this is what I think This is what I feel. And there were rooms at restaurants called rush rooms that for lunch, you could sit in a room and have lunch and they would crank rush. You know, for an hour, you could have lunch with your with your coworkers, and you could all or your friends, and just whatever, have a beer, have a burger, and listen to Rush. That's something that's never been duplicated. Even the most successful uh, radio guys, right, left, whatever, have never uh, duplicated the appeal of Rush because he was an original. And to the end, he was an original. I mean, you think, and Dave and I were just talking about who will replace him. And I have some ideas and I have some sources on this too, but there's no one's going to be able to do it. No one's going to get 20 million a week uh, from noon to three. I mean, they might. Well, there's a, And there's only one reason they have the ability to do it is because he basically saved. <laughs> he saved. First of all, he definitely saved AM radio. And there's probably, I don't know what goes on around the country in FM, but I, I assume there's more FM talk stations around yeah. the country than there is in the Northeast and where we are. He probably saved the FM talk. Well, I heard, I, heard uh, I think it was Dennis Prager say this last night and I never thought of it. He said the cars in Europe don't have AM anymore. They got rid of them. 
cars in the United States still have AM, and there's one reason: Rush Limbaugh. Yep. He, I mean, they have AM in the new cars because of Rush, and I assume there's a trickle down effect where other people, Howie Carr, and other people who are still on AM, kind of you know ride his coattails, and 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 people want AM for other guys. Did Rush even have like a Twitter account or anything or a Facebook? Yes, he did. Page? He had a Twitter. I'm not sure he ran it. Oh, actually, he did because he was pretty. Did good. he have a live stream? He had a video. Yeah, he had a, like a, a subscription only video. You know, you know, camera. He played yeah. the camera. You could see him sitting there. What did and, he do? What like the Daily Wire guys do? Like go on, no, and do a Facebook no, live stream. No, he could have. You're right. You're right. He okay. could have. I mean, obviously, he didn't have to. I think at some point, when you're making fifty million a year, but he hustled his ass off in the younger days. He wrote books, which were excellent. And again, you know today everybody's right. Every talk show host, every right wing, left wing talk shows, they all have a book out. You know, they all, have, you know, he's just right now, like Ben Shapiro has a book out and Sean Hannity has a book out. And I'm not sure, you know, Howie Carr's got a bunch of books out. I'm not sure that the, the market's not, you know, saturated back then. I ran to the store to get his books and they were eye opening. They were, they, he was a good, simple writer who just put all these ideas down on paper. And it was like, I mean, there were a couple other people that I read, including Ann Coulter and, and uh, PJ O'Rourke who have an influence on me. But I remember reading the books and just thinking, you know, it's so simple. That's so smart. I mean, smaller government, lower taxes and, you know, incentivize the individual rugged individualism was his thing growing up around here. I mean, you didn't hear those things. You certainly didn't hear them in school or college or at work, you know, that, 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 that lower taxes uh, is good. It spurs, you know, uh, business and, and, and investment and things like that, that were just basic, smart economics, you know, uh, and, and, and celebrated the country. I mean, he, every day he got, woke up and went to work, he was celebrating America and honoring America, talking about greatness in America. And you think of all the people we heard from, like Ted Kennedy. I mean, now look at Joe Biden. He made a speech the other night. It was not all it was is about how grim everything is and how we're doomed and we're heading into the worst time and this is not going to get better. And you're going, whatever happened to people who just stood up and said, what a great friggin' country this is. Well, Rush Limbaugh did that every day, Monday through Friday for 30 years, at least, you know, 40, 50 years uh, total. He never stopped celebrating America. And I love when these people say, oh, he was a hater and he was a dour and it was just the opposite. He showed up smiling. He was a happy warrior fighting for the American ideals. And it, that clicked with people. I mean, the, again, picture truck drivers, you know, before satellite radio or whatever, and they're in their car looking and they're getting the weather and they're getting some, you know, top 40 song and, they're, and they discover Rush and he's screaming about how wonderful this country is. And that resonated. That worked. That's why he had 20 million people. That's why people listened for three decades, right up until the end, and that's why no one, even if it's I don't know some big star we know of now, Sean Hannity or uh, Mark Levin, no one's going to be able to you know step in there and fill those shoes. But uh, and he kept to himself too. That's what I kind of like is like uh, you know his team probably isn't that big, right? He had his producer there, whatever his uh, that dummy's name well, was, most nerdly. Yes, and uh, and and he didn't have like this huge roster. You compare him to a guy like Howard Stern, which I know you'll you'll probably go on a rant on at some point. But he's got a staff of how many people? Hundred people, you know. Now even more, well, it's less. But you're right; they Where? were all the same people. Kit Carson, Bo Snerdly, and they all loved him, and people who worked for him. 
worked there for 30 years, you know, worked there for life. Bo Snurley, an African-American who used to get really upset when people would call him, call Rush racist, but he had a great reputation. And you could see, you can hear it for off, you know, the way he treated people off the air. There were some stories on Twitter last night, some stories on TV. Laura Ingram told one of him leaving a $2,000 tip for a waitress and another guy was tweeting that he was legendary everywhere he went was a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars for lunch. He'd leave a tip. He had a lot of money. He had no kids, four wives, no kids. For every for every one of those tweets, how many were there? Just uh, you know, uh, hashtag rest in piss. <laughs> you know, rest, like rest in piss. Let's see if it's still trending. Rest in pr- piss was trending. And again, I heard people say, "Who oh, cares about the haters?" Bring it on! I mean, that's that's an that's a tribute to the man that they hated him. They sit there, and I just read Deadspins. You know, we can get to that. Jerry, you, do you know what they're going to say about me when I die? Like, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to yeah. be so bad. Say, rest and piss. You think they're going to talk about how he was a family man and this and that? They're like, no. Here's the five most offensive things he said. Here's a YouTube clip of it. Here you go. They're just going to play it on repeat over and over again. And I and I couldn't be prouder. I couldn't be prouder I, I, of that. I'm with you, and I, I assume my obit in the globe will have all first of all it will have it will be full of lies because the globe can't write a story without lying about you or me it's what they do you know and it'll just be uh, you know one one criticism after another and that's okay if it were any other way i'd be embarrassed hang on hold that thought i got to talk about our new sponsor govx.com that's g o v x.com As we all know, uniform professionals sign up to serve causes greater than themselves. If you've ever served in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, or frontline medical communities, you are eligible for free membership in GovX.com, the greatest online shopping site for Americans of service like you. Your job demands a lot from you, from deployments to long shifts and the dangerous situations most people don't have the courage to face. There's a reason why GovX believes service-minded patriots like you deserve special recognition. GovX.com delivers the deals on all the gear you need for your on- and off-duty life. Register at GovX for instant access to discounts on epic brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and more. The site was built exclusively for the men and women who serve our country and communities. That's why every month, GovX supports nonprofits serving the military, first responder, or law enforcement communities. We don't just thank you for your service. We honor it. Signing up is fast and easy and totally free. Become a member today and use code Callahan for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. GovX.com. Savings for those who serve. I had this debate yesterday on Twitter with some people, and I, I saw it in a few other places. The two biggest giants in radio the last 30 years. They're about the same age. In fact, their birthday's the same day. Ooh, Rush is uh, four, four, five years. No, four years older. I think I'll double check. Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh, both born January 12th. How, uh, Rush is a little older, but they, they were the kings of radio. Let's be honest. Rush was king of uh, AM and Howie Hamptons was king of FM. One guy stayed true to himself. One gay guy stayed true to his audience. The other guy sold out completely. Now, they both have big mansions in Palm Beach. They both made $50 million a year. It worked for both of them. But Howard Stern, and I'll, I guess I give him credit, he could see, the, the, see it coming. He was prescient. He knew the mob was coming for us, for everybody, and he decided to pivot 
however many years ago that was, eight, ten years ago, make, uh, uh, Pivot brought in this Marcy Turk woman, changed his, his image, his approach completely. Um, so, you know, started talking about how wonderful, you know, Ellen is and, and, and kissing Hillary's ass and just completely changed and started uh, ingratiating himself to the beautiful people on Long Island or in the Hamptons and L.A. and Hollywood and hanging out with Jennifer Aniston. And, and Jimmy Kimmel was his best friend, totally sold out, totally abandoned his, his loyal fandom. And he survived and he's still making whatever it is, 80 million a year. He made a choice. And all I could say is I was a loyal fan and lots of people like me are very, very disappointed. Rush never did that. Rush went for 30 years and never said, you know, I better change here because some advertiser is mad at me or because some celebrity won't come on my show. He stayed true to himself. They took two different, very different approaches. And I've just, uh, I mean, again, it worked out for both of them, and, but I have much more respect for Rush Limbaugh than I do for Howard Stern. I'd be curious. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but someone asked, I think it was a caller, asked Stern about uh, uh, Mar uh, about Aunt, uh, Andrew Cuomo and the nursing home scandal, which I've already said is the biggest scandal in American political history, period. The biggest scandal. We're talking fifteen to 20,000 dead Americans, innocent Americans dead because of uh, the, the, the negligence and the cover-up of uh, Cuomo. Yeah, but it looks like he's finally getting his comeuppance, Jerry. Isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. And Janice Dean is an American hero. They're well, finally that's just Dean. Democrats are finally turning on him. Once the yeah. once your own party turns on you, you're screwed. I mean, he's, he's, and he's such a douchebag that he's just going to go down yelling at these people, like doing the whole tough guy, like Mika Fangu, you know, who, who the fuck, you know, who you think you are, the, you know, the Cuomo act. Well, I, I, I said this before. I've said this about a lot of people, but when you're, conditioned turtle boy when you're conditioned to having your ass kissed to having the media protect you and cover for you you get even more arrogant you know and you think i can get away with this i can say what i want you even see it with biden when biden was lying about the vaccine and anderson cooper didn't follow up it's just what he's used to he's used to just being loose with the truth because what's the downside the media is not going to call you on it cuomo is that times 10 you know he's so used to these new york reporters and the celebrities kissing his ass that he got he let his guard down and he lied to the right into the camera the other day and the walls started closing in on him because they can only protect you for so long right and right now a lot of people saying i can't protect you know this guy anymore i like him he he, he, he believes in you know partial birth abortion i you know he he hates trump i i agree with him on so many things but i can't protect him anymore that's the point it's reached for cuomo and then someone calls Howard freaking Stern when you have this scandal right under your nose. And he says, I haven't read much about it. And, you know, Andrew, Andrew Cuomo is a good guy. That's what kind of sellout he is. He won't even take the side of the 15,000 dead senior citizens in New York. He'll take the side of the rich and powerful. Howard Stern used to speak truth to power. Now he is the power. Now his job is to protect the likes of Andrew Cuomo and Hillary Clinton. It's disgusting. Say what you want about Rush. He didn't change. He didn't. Uh, you know why he didn't change? Because the stuff he said, he believed. You know, there was no act in him. But in, but in fairness, just to kind of point out the devil's advocate side of this, Howard Stern's entire business is dependent on Hollywood and elite like that, whereas Rush's wasn't. So it is now. 
But you're right. It was a different business model. But Dave, 20 years ago, well, you were. It was okay for Howard Stern to challenge things back then, and Jennifer Aniston would still feel it was valuable to go on a show to promote her movie. Today, Jennifer Aniston is canceled for doing so. Good. Well, you know what? Howard Stern stuck to his guns. He'd, he'd be ranting and ripping, say Cuomo today. He wouldn't have. You know, Jen, you know, uh, Ben Steeler wouldn't come on, maybe. But so what? His loyal yeah. fans would still love yeah, him. Like Stuttering John would be a mega star. You, yeah. know, you know, it wouldn't be Hank the Angry Drunk a Dwarf. He died. So did most of the Whack Packers. But they'd have new, new Whack Packers. And he'd be going on crazy. Hey, he ran for governor. He ran for governor on a platform of bringing back the death penalty and putting the corpses of the, the, the people they execute into the potholes. So you fix the potholes and kill the criminals. He changed his mind on the death penalty. He said, I've thought it over again. He dedicated his life to saving stray cats. I mean, again, it works for him. He's rich. He's, he's friends with all these famous, beautiful people. He, he gets to paint because he only works three days a week. He has pulled it off. It's amazing. I'm, I'm sitting here in my basement talking to you two losers, and he's 50 million. <laughs> I just know that when he dies, I'm not going to be tweeting out pictures of him in blackface. That's like the difference in today's world. Right, right. And he goes on. See, he went on The View. It was less than a year ago. He said he never used the N-word. There's a hundred different videos of him using the N-word. He used to use the F-word, the F-slur, all the time. I mean, he stuff he said, I remember listening to it going, holy crap. I was on the radio. He was my, my competition. And I'm going, I get in trouble for saying whatever about something. And he'll be on the radio using the N word, using the F word, like freely. And why the like why why did Howie Hampton say why did he sell out? That's the part I don't get about him. I so thought, I thought I explained it to you. No, no, but he didn't have. He, he, he what would happen right now yeah, if he didn't sell out? It would nothing. be on his ass. He's Howard Stern, Jerry. We were talking before about how Rush has been trying to been canceled since like the eighties and nineties, right? Like this is this is not new. Like he had no reason to do this. He could have just kept doing it, and everything would be fine. You're not getting rid of Howard Stern. Period. I don't know. I think. Well, first of all, Dave's right. You're not getting Jennifer Aniston or you know Hillary. Well, the real Howard Stern still comes out every now and then when he, right. when he calls uh, Wendy Williams, uh, you know, a slob and makes fun of her weight right. and stuff he like that. He called Wendy Williams the c word yeah. one year ago. Uh, well, a year and a half ago, he called her the C word and said other disgusting things because he snapped. He had a tantrum and he wasn't thinking straight. And But uh, uh, Turtle Boy, I'm telling you, the mob would have come from – he probably would have survived, but he would have lost – his job would have been more difficult. The celebrities wouldn't have shown up and kissed his ass. And he would have lost some advertising, some support. They would have tried to bring him down, and he made a decision. Instead of, they, instead of having them do that – I'm going to kiss the ass of all the right people, including Hillary Clinton. I'm going to go hard against Trump and all these people will forgive me. I saw it. I was fighting with people on Twitter saying he had a reawakening. He went to therapy. He changed. He evolved. He matured. I think I I went back and a guy said, if you really think he matured, then you must believe him when he says he liked the way Ellen danced. That's what Howard Stern said. I love the way you dance to Ellen to her face. And we've heard from uh, Artie and others, Stuttering John, who just are repulsed. And they just say, I remember Artie going on a rant. Artie, um, what's Artie's last name? I'm a blank. Artie Quitter from, uh, you know. Oh, Lang. Artie Lang. Artie Lang says, he, he, uh, Trump, um, Trump uh, Stern at one point was 
kissing James Corden's ass or laughing at something James Corden did. He goes, are you kidding me? The old days, we had destroyed James Corden and the whole karaoke in the car thing. And now how he thinks it's cute, thinks it's funny. I mean, he just, you know, he flipped a switch. And my point is, this isn't about Howard Stern. This is about Rush Limbaugh. He never did. And the loyal people who have bailed on Stern, they never bailed on Rush. 30 years later, they were. St- I was listening to his podcast, uh, I don't know what it was, three, four, uh, four or five months ago. It was great. It was like a show, no commercials. And it was obviously about Trump, about Biden, about the election. And he didn't sound you know, full of energy every day. But his mind was sharp. I mean, he he knew he was going and going fast. It wasn't going to last much longer. He had stage four lung cancer. But, no, he was true to himself, and people knew it, and they loved it. And uh, you heard a lot of people talking about the guy yesterday, not just the host, the guy, and how he treated his, his staff, how he treated waitresses and waiters and young, you know, young people in the media, and uh, raving about, you know, the character of the man. But there were a couple things. Uh, that I wanted to get to. Um, one was his uh, foray into sports, to sports commentary. I I got I got my own story on this, which leads up to uh, his his experience at ESPN. When I was at Sports Illustrated, they used to have these ideas, and they'd send out an email. Um, I guess it wouldn't be an email. Well, was it an email then? I think it was just starting an email when I was at SI. But they would send out you know, a, a memo to everybody, to the writers on something they were working on or a future idea that you should think about. And one of them was celebrity sports fans. Who are the biggest celebrity sports fans? And could we write about them? Could, you know, what are your ideas or suggestions? And people would write in and say, you know, I don't know, you know, whatever, some talk show host or some, uh, you know, Larry King was a big, uh, whatever, Baltimore Orioles fan. And, and you would go, and your suggestion would be I'd go to a game with Larry King and write about what it's like. So my suggestion, obviously, was Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He used to take his jet to games on Sunday, just go to games, go back to Palm Beach because he was a bigger football fan. He'd wear his uh, Steelers jersey, and he really knew football. He liked it and knew it, and he'd talk all day if you would. Occasionally on Mondays, he'd talk about the games. So I said, Rush Limbaugh, huge fan, go to a game, go to a Steelers game. I mean, I'm thinking that's what they're looking for, a celebrity sports fan. Not only did they reject it, they didn't even respond to me. It was just like, yeah, whatever. They, they, I, I was wondering, obviously, it's Time, Inc., it's Sports Illustrated. They hated him, and they wouldn't even consider it. It was like not even a consideration. Then I got my assignment, and it was even better. I was supposed to go to Seattle and watch football with Freddie Couples. Ooh, that's a good one, though. And I was excited because yes. you know, I, I love Freddie Couples. And then he canceled on me. I don't. It was nothing personal, but Freddie canceled for some reason, and I never did anything. I never did Rush or Freddie Couples. But it was funny that you're not going to find a bigger football fan among celebrities than Rush, but they wouldn't even consider it because he was this this dark, evil boogeyman to most people in uh, the media and in Manhattan. But his foray into ESPN, you know, they were trying to do something different on that Sunday show, and they bring in Rush, and he sat off at the side. I don't know if you – do you remember seeing a Turtle Boy? You were young. But- no, I don't. I didn't even know what Rush looked like until I was, like, 25. Yeah, by the way, you see those old pictures of him? Talk about yeah. a guy who got better with age. Yeah, he was so fat. Holy <laughs> crap. 
He was massive. And they were playing his clips last night. He was just a big ball of butter. Look at him. He was like 65. He looked was when he looked his best. When he was 30 or 35, he looked like I don't know, looked like John Panette. He was it was uncomfortable. And he used to brag about how he never exercised not one day in his life. Oh, that's good. He never he exercised. Was that the liberal? Is that like a liberal conspiracy or something? <laughs> no, but he played golf always with a cart. And he, he would go on diets occasionally and lose weight like he did later in life. He lost a lot of weight, but he liked his wine. He liked I don't his fat people, I don't. I never understood how fat people did that. I mean, you're fat. You need more food every day. How do you do it by just dieting without the exercise? I never um, understood. I will die, and dieting is the most important aspect. You could exercise all you want. If you don't stop eating like a pig, you're not going to lose weight. Diet, I think it's 80, 20. But like when you're that bigger, you need more food. You yeah, but he's, you know what the key to losing weight is? Losing a lot of weight is, Turtle Boy? What? The key? Gaining it in the first place. Getting really fat. I mean, he sits on his ass all day. That's his job is sitting on his ass. talking. It's, about it's really just eliminating sugar, by the way. It's just sugar. That's it. Get rid of sugar. Right. He should have done like a power walking live stream, Jerry. He'd be yeah, looking. Maybe, maybe just some walking. You know, he had a he had a nice wife. His, I think it was his fourth wife in the old in, in, in his $50 million house. Maybe he just walked around the house. He had multiple wives. He had like four wives. I think it was four wives, zero kids, which is how do you how do you get a pass with the Christian coalition with like uh, you know what? Because the same with Trump, it doesn't matter what you do; it's what you yeah, say. But Trump, we basically we knew it. We're like, okay, we're completely selling out for this guy. Who cares about his past? We're not into that anymore. Rush was big in that, like the '90s and stuff like that. That's when family values mattered. How you can you rant about Monica Lewinsky and family values when you get married four times? Because it's what you do. I mean, it's what you say. It's not what you do. It's what you say. You know what you believe. Maybe maybe the maybe the women dumped him. What do you want him to do? You know, I don't know. It just seems odd that he gets a pass for that. No, I didn't even know that till you're telling me that right now. Get a pass for it. Look at whatever you know. Sarah Silverman's saying or Rachel Maddow. They don't give him a pass for it. They call him a hypocrite or or yeah, but they call him a racist and a pill popper. That that right. they, that's, I never understood the drug addiction thing. They went after them for the drug addiction. Like that's like before a, drug addiction was cool, you know. That was before it was like a, a right. good career move, and it was a, it was kind of a tawdry story. He was his cleaning lady was selling him uh, oxycontin, and I always heard the rumor, and I don't know if it's true that he, he is one of the things. One of the side effects was his hearing. You know, he lost his hearing, and he had these big hearing aids, and that was about the same time I believe that he had the addiction. But in you know, you can't. You can only be so hard on somebody who has an addiction in this day and age, right? It's a, uh, it's an illness, and he recovered. As far as we knew, he recovered. Maybe that's how he lost the weight. Maybe, Maybe so. Pop I mean, it's a good way to lose a couple of pounds, I would assume. He, he looked better. He looked better when he was about to die than he did when he was like thirty-five years old. <laughs> he did. He didn't look bad last year. I mean, he looked a little like old man time. Like the beard was great beard. And yeah, he a little. He had that Biden look in his eyes when he was at the uh, State of the Union, and he like, goes, "What am I doing here?" Yeah, he looked around. Well, I'm getting the Medal of Freedom. It was the greatest thing Trump did. The great, I mean, not the most consequential, but it was the greatest decision he made. And I will tell you why, because it was 100 percent applauded by Trump supporters and 100 percent condemned by Trump haters. And if there's one criticism we all had, here he is at the. Uh, State of the Union with Melania and his wife, Catherine. But if there's one criticism we had, Turtle Boy, and I think you agree with me on this, is when Trump would forget who supported him. You know, he'd choose people to surround himself with people who didn't really support him, who weren't really Trump guys, who weren't really, you know, uh, big uh, 
immigration hawks. They were, you know, they were squishy. They were, you know, John Kelly or Mattis or, uh, or, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, uh, Scaramucci or, or Michael Cohen. I mean, he, he didn't always know who put him there. You know what I mean? Trump. I know what you mean, I know what you mean. When he made this decision to honor rush, it was just, you know, universally just condemned it. It made the liberal. I mean, look at it again. If you see Trump clapping, you see Pence clapping and Nancy Pelosi sitting there on her hands, just stewing. She hated this move. The whole country stood half the country applauded. The rest of the country said, screw that guy. That's Speaking of when is the state? Are we not having a state of the union this year? Cause the question we were talking about that. Uh, Shattuck and I like, I mean, Biden has to give a state of the union. It's in the constitution. I believe he has to, isn't it in January? Usually though, it's like right after well, February, I believe. Yeah. Like, so maybe he gets to wait a year, but is that good or bad? Cause in a year from now, he's going to be in less, he's going to be less sharp. Less we're still doing COVID. We're still, we're, we're still doing this really. I mean, I, we're, I thought the gig, the jig was up. They were opening all, once they opened all the restaurants up and as soon as Trump got inaugurated, I really thought that we were just doing a slow fade, if you will. Nope. It's going to, you know, it's the control is never, they're never going to cede control. Biden said the other night, maybe at Christmas, we can stop wearing masks. Maybe at Christmas, which is 10 months away. And why do you care what any deadline is? All they do is lie. But I mean, Fauci, every time he talks, changes the goalposts. Every time he talks, it's a new, you know, end game or new goal. It's, you know, you know what, what was it? 15 days to slow the spread. Now we're working on one year to, to do what? To, to keep to double mask so no there isn't changing but i want to get back to russia's sports experience because that's you know what we do we do sports and politics here and it was the most outrageous you know it was one of those cancel culture things before we even knew what cancel culture was it was ridiculous and it was wrong and it was uh mob the mob winning the day the mob ruling espn hires them you know, obviously they didn't agree with Sports Illustrated. They thought Rush was a good football guy. They bring him on the show with uh, with Tom Jackson and Chris Berman. He's got a little seat on the side. He gives a little commentary. He lasted four weeks. And the thing that brought him down was the lie that he was that he said something racist about Donovan McNabb. It was just the opposite. I remember talking about this a lot on the radio because uh, it doesn't matter that it's Rush Limbaugh. We're talking about what he said in this situation. He said, and I don't know how much of this we can play, he, he said that the media was desirous of Donovan McNabb's success. They wanted him to succeed because they really wanted a good black quarterback. That is 100% accurate. And everyone knew it, but they wanted they had an excuse. They could lie and they could, they could string him up. They, they could run uh, Rush out of the job off ESPN by by making it seem like what he said was racist. Can we hear from Rush on uh, ESPN with uh, with Chris Berman, Dave? I, you know, I've listened to all of you guys, actually, and I think the sum total of what you're all saying is that Donovan McNabb is, re is regressing. He's going backwards. Mm -hmm. and, and my, I, I'm sorry to say this, I don't think he's been that good from the get-go. I think what we've had here 
is a little social concern in the NFL. I think the media has been very desirous that a black quarterback do well. Mm -hmm. We're interested in black coaches and black quarterbacks doing well. I think there is a little hope invested in McNabb, and he got a lot of credit for the performance of this team that he really didn't deserve. That but somebody, defense, but, well, but, but uh, Rush, the defense Rush, carried this team. But I Rush, think, somebody went to those championship games. Some, oh, somebody went to those Pro Bowls. Somebody made those plays that I saw running down the field, doing it with his legs, doing it with his arm. He has been a very effective quarterback for this football team over the last two or three years. Yeah, but different than the, what we see right now. And they didn't have any more talent yeah. then. Oh, yeah, than they, they did on now. defense. On defense, they did. That's what I'm saying. I think he got a lot of credit for the defensive side of the ball winning games for this team. But I'll tell you what, I'll say it even more strongly, Tom. When they're winning, nobody makes more plays than Donovan McNabb with his arm. Right. What Rush just did there was what he was hired to do. He gave better analysis than Tom Jackson. He said, Donovan McNabb is overrated. The defense is carrying him. That's a football take. And and what is Tom Jackson's take? Somebody went to those championship. What does that even mean? Somebody went to those championship games, Rush. You're the football guy, and you can't either say that the defense is carrying him or not. That's your job. Tom Jackson didn't do the job. Rush did. And just to add to this, this is 2003, correct, Dave? Yep, 2003. 2003. I'm watching the video because it's bad quality. You guys can't see it. Uh, They don't look too offended during this. They're not at all. Until until the mob came. And then Tom Jackson, Steve Young, they all turned on him when the mob came for him. Tell me. Isn't that back when the Eagles lost like three NFC championships in a row? And, and I'm just looking at the numbers, Turtle Boy. In 2003, Donovan McNabb, the team went 12-4. and four. Donovan McNabb had uh, 16 touchdowns and 11 picks. That's not good. He started 16 games. That's not good. That's downright. Cam, Cam Newton is like, Cam that's, Newton, that's not bad. I mean, yeah. led the league in nothing. They went to the championship game because the defense carried him. But that's not really what got him in trouble. What got him in trouble is, say, the media is invested. They want a black quarterback. You know what? That's the opposite of racism. He's right. The media was rooting for him because... Yeah, it's like Eminem. Like, we were all rooting for Eminem because everybody wanted a white rapper. Right? That's a great, Same thing. That's great. That's a great analogy. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. I wasn't rooting for an Eminem, but I like it. I'll tell you who I was rooting for was Donovan McNabb. And I was guilty of overrating him. And I'll tell you why. Because I met him and I hung out with him for a couple of days when he got drafted out of Syracuse and the Eagles fans took buses to New York and they booed him because they didn't want him. They didn't want the pick and they booed they him. Want? Achilles. No, they, no, they wanted, uh, uh, that was the, uh, uh, I'll get it. I'll get it. Get Ricky Williams. Was he in that dress? Yes, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. Okay. Thank you. So I go to uh, New York. I go to Philadelphia. Here's a good story for you. At least I think I go to Philadelphia to spend some time with them and hang out with them. And, you know, typical Sports Illustrated, we're going for cheesesteak. And we're going to walk around Philadelphia like, like, like Rocky Balboa and see what the people think when they see him in person. Are they going to boo him? So I meet him. I forget which one, Geno's or whatever. We meet at Geno's. He calls me beforehand and says, do you mind if I bring a date or a, a friend? And I said, no, sure. Well, you know, we'll, 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 that'd, be, that'd be fine. I'm picking up the check because you know i'm sports illustrated i'm paying for the cheesesteaks actually we call them steak and cheeses where we live they call them cheesesteaks yes that's correct jerry that's how it works we go and we meet and he says i'd like you to meet my mother he brings his mother and she was very nice she's she was in dinty more commercials subsequently 
but he couldn't have been nicer. He was just a great guy. And from day one, I was like, God, I want this guy to be a stud. And I think, and I didn't do it, you know, cause he's black, but I overrated him. I rooted for him. I think there's a lot of that. People liked him. You know, a, he was a nice guy. B, he was fun to watch and C, a lot of the media, as we see every time Kaepernick's name comes up, root for the black quarterback, the same reason they root for uh, Eminem or they root for Tiger Woods or they root for Jason Seahorn. They root for the underdog. And at that point in, in time, it's completely changed now, it was viewed as he was the underdog. You know, he was the athletic black quarterback. And you know what? He had a damn good career. You know, he didn't win uh, a Super Bowl, but he won a lot of games. He went 98 and 62. He got to a Super Bowl because of T.O. T.O. took over. He was the star of that team. He was, and Donovan McNabb choked poor clock management at the end of the game. They were That was the best Patriots team of all time, though, I think, that year. He literally, he literally barfed in the, uh, in the huddle, uh, which was too bad. I hated that because I liked him. I mean, I didn't like T.O., but I loved uh, Donovan McNabb. But Rush was right. The mob came for him, demanded his firing, ESPN, of course, I mean, today, ESPN wouldn't give him the time of day. Then they gave him a chance. He lasted a month. They fired him. You know, he went away. He was kind of bitter. He talked about it a lot, but he did not, you know, that's what they fired him for. Well, you just heard right there, Turtle Boy. I don't know you were a young guy, not paying attention like I was, but what you just heard is why they fired him. Is that not, was that not a preview of things to come? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been ahead of the game. Uh, he invented cancel culture, if you will. That that what I just heard right there. I was waiting for the offensive part. Right, that's, part. that's like Gina Carano. You go, what she get fired? Tell me again. What did she do? As a kid, I'm not gonna lie. I grew up and I'm like, I'm a white kid. I liked football, so I like Jason Seahorn because he's the only. I like the position of cornerback. It seemed cool. He's the only white guy. I'm like, well, there's hope for me. Jason Seahorn or, was or like, like my hope. Or like the little white you know, point guards, where the, uh, white kids all over would be like, you know, I want to be like him because he was an underdog. It wasn't just, you know, because he's white. It was because there was, he just appeared to be a long shot, you know, and that's the way it was for black quarterbacks or black golfers. People rooted for him because they wanted to see history. They wanted to see the guy. And what's wrong with that? Like, what's like, that's like saying like when Obama became president, like it was all about like, there's the first black president, right? So it's a, how is that any different? And You're people wanted, to be black. No? They wanted to be part of history. It was history, and they wanted to be part of it. They didn't want to be standing on the sidelines. Same thing. Well, not same thing. Obviously, there were other black quarterbacks, you know, James Harris, you know, Dunn Williams. But they really wanted to succeed. You know, it was an athletic black quarterback, and he was a great guy, uh, at least in my experience. And that's all Rush said. He got fired for it. So you're right. Once again, he was ahead of his curve, ahead of the curve, ahead of his time. Much of what he did, and and Howie Carr wrote about this, you know, dropping in sound bites, making little bits, coming up with boof, spoof songs, making silly nicknames, all that stuff is a staple or was a staple on on radio. Now it probably gets you fired because if you do anything slightly edgy, you're beyond on your ass. But Rush was ahead of his ahead of the curve in so many ways, and. And he had, but he, like, in fairness, though, he did have his his issues of where, I mean, if you're on the radio for that long, we always talk right. about this, you're going to say something stupid. And he had, yeah. plenty, he had plenty of those. I mean, the Michael J. Fox thing was just absurd. Right. He said, so, he did, said did something stupid, which you're going to do when you're there 30, 35, 40 years off the cuff. He did dumb things and 
Sometimes he apologized. No, it shows you're human, right? Like if you're at a right. bar with your buddies, it shows that he walked in there every day and basically just kind of spewed up the top of his head in a calculated way to, you know, with prep and everything like we were talking before. But like you out of passion, you know, he didn't, it was a political ad. It pissed, it pissed him off and he said something stupid. That happens right. all the time. We talked about that with Reamer. Like Reamer didn't believe what he said. He just right. said something stupid. <laughs> I, you know, know. I mean, he is stupid. I saw it again on the one or whatever, his three year anniversary and Reamer didn't mean anything. He was just trying to, Throw away. He was trying to be like Kirk. That's what he was trying he was to be. Not even. I mean, yeah, but he was just trying to be edgy and you know, be. He wasn't like, trying to be anything. It just came out. I don't even know. I barely talked him about it, but it just sounded people like people message me about that when the Reamer thing happened, and they're like, "You should write about this," like because everybody hates Reamer, right. and I'm like. No, I'm not getting outraged over this stupid nonsense. Like this is fake. Nobody's upset that he called Tom Brady's pissant kid a pissant. Stop it. You know, you know who handled it the best and and honestly was Brady. He just said, "Ah, yeah, exactly." Because we all do that. We all make mistakes. Tell him not to worry about it. And that wasn't good enough. Reamer still thinks Brady could have done more to you know let him off the map but oh I, shut up reamer he's tom brady you're lucky he even mentioned right. your existence Stop. and i like i said i heard it again the other day and it really was nothing it was one of those things when it didn't no one even noticed it at the time it was no big deal and they played was it that morning show that uh who's the morning show that that biden went on the the black guy who is very popular and biden went on and stepped in it and talked about if you don't vote for me you ain't black oh shalom in the god yeah shalom oh, yeah, yeah. God was yeah. talking about it and, and ripping eei and ripping reamer and i'm like there's plenty of things to rip reamer and the station for but that really wasn't that big a deal it was just a dumb comment but you know what else rush was a pioneer on and and lots of people have done it since is making having this false bravado on talent with talent on loan from god and you know the trying to tying one hand behind one tying half my brain behind my back just to make it fair. That's something Stern stole from him. Lots of hosts, you know, uh, don't ever doubt me. That false bravado, which was tongue in cheek, Mm. but that's something you didn't hear before him. And you've heard a million times since then. It was one of those, so he called himself the most dangerous man in America. He was on with, uh, I think Barbara Walters and said, do you really think you're the most dangerous man in America? And he was really fat. He goes, no, I'm just a f- harmless little fuzzball. And then that became his little catchphrase, just a harmless little fuzzball when they were all saying how he's bad for America. They had him on the cover of Time magazine with a swirl of cigar smoke saying the most dangerous man in America. Tell me that wasn't a man before his time. Now everything, you know, the you know, anyone on Twitter who's slightly, you know, offensive or opinionated is dangerous. And now, you know, Viking man, this loser with his face painted and his horns is dangerous. Now everything's dangerous that threatens the, you know, the the conventional wisdom, which in their mind is, you know, the Democrat Party. But he was uh, like he was there was no mob with Rush. It was just Rush. You know, he didn't have like a team. He didn't have a gang. It was just Rush. And he scared people like the Clintons and Kennedy and the whole establishment. And it just feels like. He's been replaced with like a million other people who are all, you know, threatening because of, of their tweets or because of, uh, you know, the, 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 whatever their shows, their opinions. And that was just rush in the old days, just rush. And he's gone, by the way, before we get to turtle boy, the replacement, Dave and I would just talk about, this. I have sources. I have sources. I don't have a lot of sources, but I have a source on this. 
I'm and not looking forward to an additional two hours of producing, but it's you know it's something that we have to do for the betterment for the, better of the show. We have. I'm going to say dominoes fall, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are a few guys vying for it, and the first question was, does Mark Levin want it? He's a little old, and uh, you know he's a rush. He's a rush product. He came from the rush coaching tree. He was Rush's legal advisor way back when. He became a talk show host. He's a big deal. He's on at night six to nine or whatever it is. I don't think he's going to move. I think he's got a good thing going. He's making a fortune and he's too old to be, you know, the next dynasty in the middays. Ben Shapiro is already doing two hours, like in mornings. Um, he's a contender. Dan Bongino, who does a very popular podcast. He's got a lot of energy. He's in his mid forties. He might be the favorite. And Sean Hannity doesn't want to move. He's got a good thing going in the afternoon. So he's not going to move. Mark Stein I like him. He's funny. But my source said, Mark Stein, if he does um, like three straight days filling in for Rush, he needs like two weeks off to rest up. He doesn't have the energy or the work ethic to be this maniac. I think he's like too normal. Mark Stein, basically the be- the last broadcasting words out of Rush Limbaugh was who who was on uh, who was on backup duty who was it, who was on deck just in so, case he couldn't make it it was Mark Stein yeah what what did he call his backups something like you know yeah, yeah. Back, you know who's my backup today or something cuz he he would joke that he might keel over and die and he sort of did and Stein is filling in but i don't think he's a permanent content, a contender to be the permanent host but we will see you know i'll keep it posted i do have i do have sources on this on this uh front on this topic it is um, weird because we expected this day to come right we, we talk about this all the time like he knew yeah, when a guy has stage die. four lung cancer i'm thinking this day is coming and you think they'd have a plan and the plan should have just been hey rush who do you want to have take it but the reality was like rush to to turtle boys oh, is he ruth bader ginsburg he doesn't get the pick as he should get the pick he was there how many years was he there he should absolutely get to tell them who to put in that spot why Hundred percent, because he owned that spot, and and he built up an audience. He can say who can replicate what he can do better than some stupid radio hack. Well, no, you make Trump can Trump do it? Hey, they asked him about that on Newsmax. He was I. I was his lead in on Newsmax last night. I did. Oh, the look at you! Lead yeah, I was in. on at five thirty. I put. I built this audience. I handed it off to uh, Greg Kelly at seven, and Trump was on for a long time. And if you missed it, it was much better. He went on Newsmax at 7, and then he went on with Hannity at 9. He was much better on Newsmax. He, he said the election was stolen. And here's how crazy things have gotten terribly. He says the election is stolen. I'm, like, looking around going, they're going to they're gonna arrest him. You, you can't say that. They're going to pull the plug. They're going to take him off the air. He just said the election was stolen. That's against the law. I'm conditioned to think you, if you question election integrity now, Someone's going to knock on your door. Jerry, is he going away? Please tell me he's going away. Like he's, he's not, not going. Away. You know, Turtle Boy, I'm on the same. I'm on your same wavelength on this. I don't want him to run. I don't know if he's running, but he is not going away. He We're is. all in on Ron DeSantis, right? Like we are all in on Ron DeSantis. Like, has to be. All he is. He confirmed yesterday. He is not going away. He is either. He is joint. He's creating his new platform. It's coming. He confirmed. You know what? If he decides to get behind DeSantis, that's a great boost. Obviously, he's in Florida. They're friends. DeSantis talked about him with Laura Ingram and how he got to know him and he liked him and he was proud to have Rush and Trump <laughs> in, in his neighborhood. Uh, but um, uh, DeSantis will carry on many of the policies. He will just do it smarter, younger. He will not be a loose cannon. He's a, got a great resume. Uh, like I said, he went to Yale and Harvard, but we won't hold it against him. He's a decorated veteran. 
He's done everything right with the biggest story of this year, of this of this era, which is the lockdowns. So, yes, we're rooting for DeSantis, but Trump's not going away. You know what he's going to do, Turtle Boys? I got the impression he's going to devote himself to revenge for the next <laughs> He's going to, and it's six years away from Mitch McConnell running. Yeah. So he's going to have to hang in there for a while to beat Mitch McConnell. But you used to do revenge back in the day, if I recall. He's going to run against, um, what did I do back in the day? Revenge. What was it? I don't know what you're talking about. Revenge. That was like your thing. Do you do you honestly forget? That was like sports politics and revenge. Yeah, that's an expression. But what's the what did I do? I'm trying to think of. I don't know. Like, did, what? Let's talk about that. What did you do for revenge? No, we don't have time to talk about. Are you that. A liar? We got to talk about you. Well, first of all, you sidetracked me talking about Trump because I heard the interview, and you're right. He's not going away. He's still talking about stolen stolen elections, which is stupid. I'm with you, but if he focuses on defeating. You know, Lynn Cheney and people that uh, oh, hate her. Adam Kinzinger. Oh, well, he's going to win. He comes from one of those districts that it's like a moderate district. But Liz Cheney represents the district of Wyoming. That right. is like the one place you can't do that. So I yes. can't wait till that oh, old no. bat gets thrown out. Oh, I hate her. She disgusts but, me just looking at her. Oh, and I think she's going to lose. And you know what? She's going to retire and she's going to retire to Georgetown. And become a consultant and a lot oh, sure. of some yeah. think tank, yes. Washington think tank, yes. you know, that pushes for more foreign involvement in wars. That's yes. what she's going to do. She's just a vapid right. waste of space. She disgusts me. She'll be working for a lobbying firm and she'll be lobbying for, you know, Saudi Arabia, you know, trying to get them more missiles. And it'll, you know, she's a hack and, and, and a swamp creature. Terrible person. But I get the sense that Trump is going to work out, he's trying to settle some scores before he even decides whether to run or not it'll be too bad if he runs he'll definitely hurt our guy DeSantis or whoever Holly's you know no whatever but we'll get to that I want to get to two more things before we uh, wrap up here uh, but let me let me talk about shake concrete first shake let me tell you what shake can do for you this winter they can they can build you a building they can build you a precast concrete building they're the best at it shake concrete has buildings they have buildings they've they partner with Easy Set Worldwide and they manufacture precast concrete buildings for multiple applications in a variety of sizes. Shea's been manufacturing precast buildings for over 17 years and no one does it better. Precast concrete buildings provide the most durable and long-lasting option compared to other modular building applications such as metal, wood, masonry. Shea Concrete manufactures, delivers, and installs these engineered precast concrete buildings as a true turnkey provider from initial handshake through the final installation support. With a focus on cost efficiency and quality control, each of their precast concrete buildings are preassembled at their factory and typically delivered and installed in one piece by their experts. Uh, you know what makes them uh, better than other buildings? They, they, can, uh, they can build them in the worst of weather because they do it indoors. That's unlike... Other, you know, wood, metal, they do it indoors, in, the, in their big plants. They build your building. This increases productivity, lowers cost, and gives the customer a legitimate time frame of when the building will be placed on site. To learn more, simply go to shakeconcrete.com or call them up and ask for Frank or Mike. These are the experts in these buildings. They'll tell you what you need. They can tell you what sizes they can build. It's the answer. You need a building, go for a precast concrete building. Call them today or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Learn all about their precast buildings. All right, Turtle Man. Um, you know, 
we'll get to Tom Brady. I want to get, I got two. Here's what I write when I write my notes. I put TB. Okay. I have to figure okay. out whether it's Tom Brady or Turtle Boy. I, I refer to both the same way. I capitalized off of that years ago. I, I want to get to mm, Turtle Boy. I want to get to Tom Brady. But first, I want to get to Turtle Boy because you had the greatest tease, and I'm not sure you're going to pay it off, but you teased on Twitter that you had the, I don't know what you called it, like the most unbelievable story. Yeah, of- but it's, I, can't, I can't talk about it. It's one of the, it has to do with my the, personal life. But here's even better. I'll give you this. It was, a, I mean, you, you mentioned the greatest story, and you have a lot of good stories. If you follow Turtle Boy on TV Daily News, you know he's you know, a great reporter and a great storyteller, and, and he, he, he exposes some of the great frauds. And then you tease it even further by saying it's about one I of the worst. I took the tweet down. I took the tweet down. Oh, you did? It, it well, too, too bad. It took yeah, forever. Yeah. But let me just finish the question before you evade it. Okay. Mention the worst villain ever, which is such a good tease. I know some villains. You know some villains, especially villains like in in our little world. Um, give me a hint on who we're talking about. What kind of villain are we talking about? Because, and and this follow up question is: Are you ever going to tell the story and name the villain? It depends, Jerry. It depends how much. Depends what happens to my life. Basically, there's a lot of uh, moving parts here. Like if it blows up and I have nothing to lose, then I will. It's one of those situations where. It's almost like you're in a nuclear deterrence thing. Like both parties are holding nuclear weapons. It's the turn. And you don't want, like a lot of innocent people are going to die if you do that. So, <laughs> you know, I just, it's, I don't know if it's best, but if, if necessary, you're going to have to. And it's one of those things, but it's really, really a crazy story. And I, it's just killing me. But I, I, I took the tweet down I, because it's, it's a, a crazy story involving your personal life. Everybody yeah. has a price. Everybody has a price. We could raise the only hint we're getting. Is a crazy story involving your personal life? And, well, and yes, and like infil- in it's infiltration into the Turtle Boy world, almost like subvert, like CIA shit, like you know, covert, bad, 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 bad stuff that drove me into a bad place, and I'm working on it. Do I know, or does Dave know the the villain? Yes. Ooh. There you go. Jeez. This is that's the opportunity. You should just start writing the book, Turtle Boy. Just have it ready. Maybe so, we'll do it out. You can call. I can give you Howie's number. Tell you the whole self-publishing world, and be ready for it. A villain we know. If I guessed, I mean, I know you're not going to say it, but would I? Would I guess right if I got a chance to guess? Would it be? Mm, probably not. It would put you in a bad spot. So I won't do put that. Me in a bad spot. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll ask again next time. But how are you doing? Everyone wants to know how is Turtle Boy doing. It's day by day, Jerry. You know, uh, good days and bad days. I've had more good days than bad days lately, and uh, you're a little you know, goofy now. You're a little happy. What I'm trying to be. Yeah, you're a little goofy. You've like you confirmed with me like seven times for this morning's hit, and I could just tell something is different about it. Answer, answer me this question. What constitutes a good day in the Turtle Boy world? Oh, just a day when you're not like consumed with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and you can actually get some work done. Like I've I've tried I've done, I did two blogs yesterday. That's a step forward. It's like I'm literally just doing these baby steps where I'm just like, okay, can I work today? Can I get some? Du- can I get some stuff done? Can I not have my mind consumed with this bullshit? Can one more thing not be thrown at me? Uh, it, I mean, so it, it's getting better. It's day by day, talking to therapists, stuff like that. And um, are you yeah. on meds? And have they kicked in? Are they working? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking anti-anxiety meds, and they I take them as needed when I'm really starting to feel it, uh, and it helps me get back on an even keel a little bit. But uh, you know, um, this will all pass. This will all be in the past. But what else do you have to do? Do you, do you still run? I do go to the gym. I, I try to exercise. I do the elliptical. You know, sometimes I run a little bit. But just try. I lost a lot of weight during the depression. It was actually good for me. Um, but I needed to lose a couple of pounds. But 
You did. Yeah. Uh, and that, that helps. Sweating it out helps. Yes. And depression. Depression helps. That's. I, oh, yeah. Because you don't eat. It's great. <laughs> you ever need that, do you recommend it? The, no, the, I don't. It's not worth it. It's like, but it is an easy way I to had, do it. I had a friend I used to play basketball with. He was a good friend. He was a great basketball player in his younger days. And he was big. And he, you know, he probably weighed three bills. He was six, five. He was like a legend in high school. Anyway, I didn't see him for three months and he shows up and he's thin. And I'm like, wow, man, good job. You lost some weight. Goes, yeah, I'm 50 pounds. I go, you lost 50 pounds. He goes, How'd you do it? He goes, easy. My wife left me. <laughs> he goes, well, yeah, do it, yeah. I mean, with deep depression and didn't eat. And then he got addicted to porn, but that's another story. But, Ooh, that's a, that sounds like a good story, actually. But you know, those things. No, funny yeah. side note here. It's like you have no, when you have depression, that's one thing. You have no interest in porn. No, no, it's the worst part about it. It took the worst away. part. That's the yes. worst part. about. Well, depression. not the worst part, but like one of the side effects. You're like, I can't even enjoy porn. So did you just can't enjoy anything. It's just nothing. Did you enjoy time with your children when you were depressed? Or did that yes, I, I did. Do I, that is one thing. Time with the children was enhanced. We went bowling yesterday, Jerry. It was lovely. I put pictures on my Instagram and my face, my my personal Facebook page, and so bumpers, you can see bumpers or no bumpers. Bumpers for the kids, no bumpers for the adults. Wow, um, but they had a good time. So, do you uh, think it helps that you're so open and public about your story? Oh yeah, like if I didn't have this platform to like talk about this stuff, I'd be way more depressed. Like talking to like turtle riders every night on the live stream has been literally therapeutic. I did a live stream last week, like six thousand people watched it, and uh, it was great. I mean, people, I'm doing another one tonight. I have a guy coming on from uh, a suicide prevention uh, nonprofit really? just to talk about it, and we're inviting anybody to come on the show that's had issues or like has dealt with depression because people are opening up to me constantly complete strangers are sharing their stories with me about their issues with depression they've told me that like i didn't want to talk about this before but now i feel better too and you should because i would like a good chunk of the american population deals with this shit and it's about how you process it and how you go about your day because a lot of people just shut down they lose their jobs over this because uh, they don't tell anybody they don't tell anybody I mean wrong how many of them are in depression because of COVID, because of lockdowns, shutdowns, because of the whole crazy way? We a work? lot. Oh, a lot of people I've heard that from. And it definitely exacerbates it. Just not seeing other people, not going into the office and having those small talks with people every day. That shit matters. That really matters to your mental health. And it's uh, not happening anymore. I would say just when people yell at you for not wearing a mask, you know, to me, I'm, I'm like, we're living in this dystopian world now. It has to end. It doesn't help anybody's mental state the way we live, especially kids who are deprived of social interaction and school and sports and everything else. It's a toll that people like, you know, Biden and people like Kamala and, and people like Charlie Baker don't even consider. They don't care about the mental health of children. They care about their donations from the teachers union and the, and the love they get from the left wing media. They don't care about families, kids and their mental state. It's no. It's, it's the one, perhaps the most disturbing thing we've learned the last year is how disposable, you know, this generation of children. Imagine a ch uh, generation of kids who won't go to school for a year, mm -hmm. a year, no school. And some of them, as you pointed out, as much as anyone, they don't have heavy home lives. They're not don't have good support systems at home. Their parents aren't making sure they do their homework and get on on time on a Zoom class every day. They're, they're never going to recover from this. Then you got idiots like, was it Joy Behar saying, why doesn't everyone just skip a year and start over? Like, stay back a year. Steve, she actually said that. And yeah, just can't everyone just everyone graduate when they're 20. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah, no problem.
No problem. It's amazing how how they downplay it and minimize it, the damage that's being done. And now we have the face of Turtle Boy as the face of the effects of the lockdown, of the the dramatic measures that our uh, government has taken, ruining people like Turtle Boy. Well, he's doing good with it, though. I mean, he's doing his live stream and he's bringing awareness to it. Actually, a lot of that maybe that's a positive to the pandemic because a lot of people who wouldn't have come out to publicly say these things are now public. Like KFC from Barstool just did Turtle Boy. He just oh. said that he's been dealing with some stuff and is now medicated for it. And he's I mean, he went through shit like his his he got caught in a cheating scandal, I believe. Right. KFC yep. is yep. He, and his wife left him and his kids left him. I'm sure that wasn't easy for him to deal with. Like people go through shit. Yep. And but they like when you do what KFC does and you do what I do, you're in the entertainment industry. So you're expected to show up to work and entertain and put this face on that you don't feel like putting on sometimes you know you don't you just don't have, i just didn't have it in me and so i'm starting to get that back i really miss it more than anything and uh it, this is therapeutic to do what we do so if it helps to go public to talk about it with me and with your audience why are you holding back why don't we tell why don't jerry you tell you're an insensitive yeah. i know you really want to know you're a cold human being because there's certain, you want to protect people that you love you don't want people to get hurt people would get hurt if this happened and i don't you know as entertaining as this is i don't i feel like Not everybody's like us where we just don't give a shit at what comes out of our mouths other it people would be care. selfish of me jerry if i did something that would just entertain people but it would hurt people that i love that would be selfish no it would be selfish i'm only kidding i don't want you to reveal anything you don't want to reveal like are you like my former partner and occasional friend that you already have a plan to end it all do you know how you're going to do it if you do it i mean it was like a, a bootleg thing no I, I have no plan they that's one of the things they specifically asked you did you have a plan like no it was spur of the moment it was like what, what you panicked it's literally a panic attack and then you do something stupid and then i didn't have anybody to tell like that was the problem i was trying to tell people about it and certain people were just not getting back to me or just not taking it seriously. Really? Seriously. That's the best thing I would say. If anybody ever says anything like that, take it seriously. So, but they didn't take it seriously, but you still came out of it. Okay. So far, so good. Yeah. Cause I just reached out to more people. Like, and I'm just like, I told one person this and they're like, I'm coming over now. We're talking about this like right now. And it felt better. And do you drink? I don't drink. They always ask that. The doctors always ask that. Do you drink? No, I don't drink. You just take antidepressants or yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I, I get drunk once a year, the Super Bowl Sunday. And that's about it. I don't like when no, I go out to a restaurant, some people order a beer with, no, no, I'm the guy that gets a Pepsi. So you're like Tom Brady once a year, you have some tequila and fall down right. drunk. Right. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, good luck turtle boy tonight on your live show. You'll be talking more about this. Yes, I will be talking the, more in depth. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, turtle boy sports. All right, I, I want to do ter, uh, Tom Brady. We'll do it quick. But Brady put out a video, and people wonder, you know, what how you know what makes Brady tick. God knows that was a big topic during the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl all season. And I always point out that you know, guys like him, they look for motivation. They find it uh, one way or the other. There's always going. Used to talk about Pedro Martinez. He'd you know there'd be thirty five thousand people cheering for him. One guy would heckle him or boo him. He'd talk about him, think about him for days, and he'd say, I'll show him. Great guy, great athletes do that. They find people, doubters in the crowd, and they say, that guy motivates me. Brady would always talk about the Brady Six, the quarterbacks who drafted, drafted ahead of him, all the people who passed on him when he went 199th. It's hard to find Brady doubters now, but Tom Brady can do it. He can do it. He put out a video on Twitter. What's it, one minute long? 
Uh, it's a little longer than that. We don't have to play the that. And 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 the problem is, and in, in the headline to the in the tweet, the headline to the video is, "I love talk radio." So it hooked me in. But most of the cuts aren't even from talk radio, right? They're from ESPN, Max Kellerman, you know, other guys on ESPN. But can we hear a little from Tom Brady uh, yesterday? He's a week away from the arthritis, baby. Give it to him. Tom Brady has not been good this year. Tom Brady's just about done. He is going to fall off a cliff. At this age, I don't think he's capable of doing what some of the other guys on that list are doing. Tom Brady is an old ass man. His time is over. He's 42 years old and he kind of looks like it this year. It doesn't feel like Tom Brady is out of here. Unless you believe that he is somehow superhuman, it's a much safer bet to imagine that he is going to fall off the cliff. Coyote style. Meet me. A lot of tweets in there. A lot of yeah, a lot of tweets and a lot of TV. You know, guys, Shannon Sharp and uh, Max Kellerman saying the fall off the cliff. By the way, is four years ago. Do I have that right? I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> he's, played, he's he's uh, you know won three Super Bowls since that. I believe has he won three Super Bowls? Four Super Bowls. Didn't he say that before the Seahawks one? Was it before the Seahawks? I mean, it's that will go no, down. Maybe not. And I'll give. I guess I'll give Kellerman credit. He has joked about it, but that will go down as the dumbest prediction the dumbest hot take of all time saying he's gonna he's gonna be a bum in short order and brady whatever it is two weeks after winning his seventh super bowl takes time out of his day or his social media team did to put that Jerry, together. peyton manning is going to be inducted in the hall of fame before tom brady retires that's amazing remember we used to talk about that maybe we're going together you know they'll retire. right and so is eli manning and so is you know Eli, Jesus. Arch Manning, he's going to retire. Arch is the new stud in high school, is like the number one prospect in the country. Uh, it's true. All these guys, I always point out Donovan McNabb was a contemporary of Brady. He's one year, he's less than a year older. He's been retired for nine years. <laughs> and he was a good quarterback. I mean, he was overrated, but he was a good quarterback. He's been done for nine. He retired like normal guys retired, 36 years old and or 35, and he's been retired for almost a decade. It's Truly phenomenal. But anyway, Turtle Boy, good luck. You can uh, read Turtle Boy at tbdailynews.com, and you can check out his live show on YouTube. Maybe he'll reveal the villain. Maybe he'll name the villain who's driven him nuts. Is it the same villain who's driven other people I know nuts? I don't. No, no, no. Different villain. Oh, good, 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 yeah. good. That, that We don't need to. We don't need that villain, and we don't give him any more publicity. But I'd love yeah, to hear the story. Him, when you finally him. tell it, we will uh, reveal it. But you look good, Turtle Boy. You look Thank like you. You sound good, doesn't he? Doesn't he, he does. Good? It looks good. He sounds good. He seems like he feels a little. He feels a little too good right now. Being on the show is like my medicine. People like somebody messaged me the other day, and they're like, "One of these people is actually a problem." They said, uh, "Like you look fine on the Jerry Show. You look fine." I'm like, "Do you understand how mental health works? That's not how this works. Just because you can go on and you have a good, because this feels good, but there will be downs later, and yeah. whatever, I'll get through it." Well, you know? I'll answer your question. That person doesn't understand it because most people don't. So That's I think true. most true. people can't relate. So. Well, they understand better than they used to. You must yeah, have there's no stigma uh, like there used to be, and uh, people like you. There's more people like you in the old days. I'm sure our parents, our fathers would have just sucked it up and kept it to themselves and, you know, 
powered through it and it's it's better this way i will say that and uh you look good you sound good and uh good luck we will talk to you again soon turtle boy thanks man thanks to uh, dcu and shake concrete now i'm paving thanks to govx.com and thanks to everybody uh for uh supporting the show let me just say there are villains out there villains there are people out there we talked about them today with rush there are dark forces out there they're still coming after us all coming after turtle boy coming after me we really appreciate all our sponsors and especially our listeners if you got a chance you can rate and review on apple Podcasts. give us a five-star review even if you think it's only you know a four-star show go ahead and hit the five-star it helps it helps keep those dark forces at bay that's all i will say today um but we appreciate every single person out there listening and uh we're going to wrap up today. Do we have uh, Rush? This is a set. Rush had a few other moments in the last two months, but essentially his last show, his farewell was just before Christmas when he was, he completed a whole show and he really did kind of say goodbye to his, uh, to his loyal audience after 30 something years. And it was pretty damn good. So I said to Dave, let's cue that up. And we will go out with Rush Limbaugh's farewell. And we will say farewell to L. Rushbo. It was a good run. And uh, um, we really appreciate it. I, I, I love listening to him, reading him. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, a tribute to the man. that. And we look forward to taking over for him. 12 to 3 every day. Get yes, ready. Our, we'll throw our name in the hat. Someone's yeah. going to take a pretty good gig. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll take the person's gig who takes this gig. You know there how you that go. works. There you go. Yeah. Our IPL rush boat was a hell of a run. Last call. Um, that reminds me how much I love all of you, how much I so appreciate everything you've meant to me and my family. You don't have any idea how I know so many people think this program has changed their lives for the better. You have no idea what you all have meant to me and my family. The day is going to come, folks, where I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't know when that is. I want to be able to do it for as long as I want to do it. I want to, but the day will come where I'm not going to be able to. And I want you to understand that even when the day comes, I'd like to be here. As I have this sense of needing to constantly show my appreciation for all that you have done and meant to me. So I hope you all have a great Christmas, a great New Year. And I hope that the things that are in store for all of us in the coming year are certainly better than what we have endured in 2020. I don't know too many people have enjoyed 2020. Probably some sickos out there who have, but 2021 has to be better. We're going to try to make it that way here at the EIB Network. Again, folks, thank you so much. I wish there were a way to say it other than thank you. You're just the best. My family is just the best. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody, from all of us to all of you. Make it happen. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. 
You promise your child they can chase their dreams and become who they want to be. But college is expensive. Our promise is to help you save for college today and every day, worry-free. YouPromise.com lets you save extra money for college by doing the everyday things you already do. Save when shopping online or even at the grocery store. Link any college savings plan with the free YouPromise account and watch your child's future take flight. Sign up today at YouPromise.com for a $30 welcome bonus. Start now at YouPromise.com.